Cool. Awesome. So um, we are going to talk, to talk today about service. Now, yeah, one woohoo, and that is indicative of the kind of topic, because service can sometimes mean, uh, you know, Asaph, are you going to ask us to serve more? Uh, who knows, maybe, yes. But, or Asaph, are you going to ask us to give more of our resources? Uh, maybe, but that's not the point. But ultimately, I find that service is such an important part of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, it's a byproduct of being able to say, thank you to God or, or thank you to just what the life that you've been given. And then as a result of that, we give. And that's called service to me. So ultimately, uh, when Lyle came to me uh, and he was just like, hey, we're going to do this uh, foundation series in January. And, uh, and we're going to do worship, family, service, and uh, the word. And um, he's like, can you take care of service? I'm like, absolutely, I can take care of service. And so here we are. And we're going to have a blast, okay? We're going to make the best of it. Like I told the 9 a.m. service, listen, it's going to get better the louder that you are. There you are. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So as you go on, feel free to shout me down. Feel free to, you know, if you like something, let me know. Because that way I know, okay, cool. God's talking to me. Perfect. It's making sense to people. Um, so, yeah. Is that all right? We're going to have fun? Cool. Sweet. So let's go ahead and pray. And then, uh, actually, let's, let's read the Bible verse first. Um, or that doesn't even matter, does it? Father, thank you so much. Because you will work in the midst of all of our um, ADD. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and that you are strong and we are weak. And God, thank you for giving me a message and thanks for giving us all ears to hear. And Father, we're believing that you um, are carrying us through life. And um, it, it's, it's so worth, so worth following you. So incredibly worth it. Incredibly rewarding. And so thank you for holding us by the hand and continuing us to walk through this wilderness that we call life. We thank you. Thank you for your company. Thank you for your lead. Amen. 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 Jesus. So let's go to Mark 8. Chapter, sorry, chapter 8, verse 34 um, through 37. Perfect. There it is. That's the one. So calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, Jesus speaking, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Someone say amen of that. Yeah. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Someone look at someone else and be like, dang. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself, your true self. Imagine people, like the, the people listening to Jesus speak on this, you're like, you know, they have to be like, what are you even talking about? You know, but Jesus is consistently being the most authentic person on the, on the face of the earth. Hey, self-sacrifice is my way to saving yourself your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? Someone say amen to that. Listen, Jesus was in a conversation with his disciples. And, uh, and at this point, um, they had this expectancy, right? 
of who Jesus was going to be. Now, for the longest time throughout their Torah, throughout the four books of the Bible that we now have, there was a, um, a not a, there were several prophecies telling of there was someone that was going to come and he was going to revolutionize all of Israel and he's going to bring them to a place of prominence as the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And so all of a sudden you have these people who will read these prophecies in, in, in Bible books and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, someone is going to come and bring us back up to the top and bring us back to the, to the uh, important list, if you will. Now, for them, the important, the influential, someone who mattered was the Roman Empire. So, so as the Jews were reading the books, they were thinking, well, God's going to bring us back to a place of prominence like the Roman Empire. So they're expecting this Messiah figure to revolutionize everything and somehow bring them back to what's visually a place of prominence and a place of influence. Are we, are we tracking? Yeah. And so here they have this expectation. So Jesus is now starting his ministry, has started his ministry. He's with the disciples talking to them, and, and he's done a few miracles here and there. And, and, and he's just, the disciples are kind of waiting for the big event, if you will. The, the moment where everything makes sense and Jesus kicks the Roman Empire door, and he's just like, bam, I'm here, I'm the son of God, all reigns, all the kingdoms belong to me, okay? And so Jesus is talking in this specific passage, and he's saying, hey, listen, whoever intends to live a life of influence, whoever intends to live a life of prominence, ultimately is a life of self-sacrifice. Jesus begin to embed in their minds that the way to the top is from the bottom, so he's saying, self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do if you get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade for your soul? And Jesus, even before that, is saying, don't run from suffering, but embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how to do all this. Yeah. Wow. Jesus never came to kick down the door and was like, boom, here I am. What's up? <laughs> the, way, the way to the top was ultimately through self-sacrifice. Jesus reached everything that he wanted to do and not through the common way of actually getting it done. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yes. So I just, that's going to be our base text. We're going to potentially come back to it back and forth, but I just want you to have that background and that context as we move forward. Is that all right? Yeah. Boom. All right, now it's time for me to get real with y'all. <laughs> so I, uh, I have an issue um, with, I'm ashamed to say it, but I have an issue with sweets, right? So, you, it's my sister somewhere out here. I, we're born of the same, the same uh, cloth here. Um, so basically, I go to a grocery stores, usually to buy groceries that come back out with like, if there's ever a two-for-one special, like I'm done. It's basically sign me up and I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I love sweets. I go to... Um, Jenny's ice cream about once a week because that's just the nectar from God is so, like I'm pretty sure in their ingredients and it's funny me and my friend make fun all the time just because like their ingredients are like wildflower from the fields of you know turkey and and jasmine rice aroma and you know a little bit of vanilla and you have like your your vanilla flavor which is hilarious but like I go over there, and I'm like, I have to try all of them. I have to try all the different uh, species, if you will, of all the ice creams. Um, 
So my favorite uh, vegetable is um, the sweet potato ice cream from Jenny's Ice Cream. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That's right. Someone stop their feet because they know it's true. Um, so I love, 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 love sweets. Sweets for breakfast, sweets for lunch, sweets for dinner, sweets for snack in the midnight. Like I want it all, all of it. Um, the problem, however, is uh, it is not beneficial to your body. Um, and I'm not talking necessarily like, you know, how you look like as much as it is like internally. So um, I've had to, without being too graphic, you just kind of have to pay the price sometimes, you know, of eating sweets, cinnamon, like cinnamon buns take a toll. You know what I'm saying? Um, so those are the kinds of things that uh, you ultimately have to pay a price for. But ultimately, when you're eating them, you're just like, who cares? I don't see anything past what's going on right now. Um, unfortunately, though, that's just not the way life works, you know? If you really want to achieve, honestly, any level of uh, decency, uh, any level of success in your life, you have to go something that might cost you a little bit more than... Uh, what you want to give up. You know, um, sweets are good before you get to the sweets. They're even better when you begin to eat the sweets. But the moment, like the last bite of the cinnamon roll or the donut or the last scoop of ice cream, when you finish that, you're like, what, what did I just do to my body? <laughs> like, well, what did I just do to myself, you know? I am never going to eat that again. Like, that is, oh, that was such a bad, bad thing. And it's so funny because, in, you know, we're in January, so it's still like New Year's resolution time. I'm going to go on my diet and all that other jazz. But you cannot tell me that this isn't some of you in this room where you're like, I'm going to do this thing, and then boom. I'm going to do this diet, and then all of a sudden, you know, one cinnamon roll turns into three. Ice cream starts kind of blending in there. And you, the sugars and the processed sweets are all up in there. And we have a full-blown disaster, and you've officially given up on life. I'm just kidding. You didn't. But uh, at least that, that's the way I like to see it in myself. I'm like, okay, Asif. Uh, and this is how I know I've given up on life a little bit. Because two or three nights ago, I went to um, the grocery store looking for ingredients, mind you, for Sloppy Joe's, the healthy version of um, hamburgers. Oh, not even. It's, those are all unhealthy. But we're getting some ingredients, and uh, we're walking through the aisle with my roommate. We're all getting some, some good stuff, and um, we happen to walk by the mistake of the century uh, going down the cookie aisle. Sure enough, I, um, I'm like, well, it's right here. It's 199 or 188 Not only is it delicious and terrible because you're a... Uh, you know, after the side effects or the after effects were kind of like, oh, you feel bloated and terrible. But not only do they make it delicious, that's ultimately going to kill you, but they make it cheap for you. Like, what the heck is this about? You know, it's 188, so I'm just like, done, I'll buy one right now. So I get this uh, cookie box, and uh, what I'm about to tell you stays in this room, all right? No, just can we podcast this thing? So that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, thanks. Cut that out, guys. Uh, no, but I, we're going through the aisle, and I'm just like, I'm going to open up this cookie box, and sure enough, I'm just down in these cookies, right? Down in these cookies, and my friend's like, no way, dude, I think you, like, legit have a problem. Um, we've, we've been in the same, uh, we've, we're uh, renting in the same house, and it's been, like, three months, and, they, you know, they're getting to know me, but more than anything, like, they've known that Asif likes his cookies. These guys has, have even, like, 
you know, have even been enablers to a degree. They've bought me cookies just to like, hey, warm welcoming to the home. They bought me like two, three, four boxes of cookies. Like, what's wrong with them? All right? Just kidding. I love them. But so I'm sitting. He's like, dude, I think you actually have a problem. So I'm just like, dude, don't worry about it. He's like trying to shield me from getting cookies. So I ultimately, when I check out of Kroger, God bless the self-checkouts, when I go out, I get like one more cookie out, and I realize, you know how there's, there's three, okay, it was Chips Ahoy, chocolate chunk. I want to be honest, okay? There's three trays. It's one, two, three. One tray was gone, and the last cookie that I got was the second-to-last cookie in the second tray. So, kid you not, it's been 10 minutes, if that, 10 minutes at Kroger, and I have demolished two rows of cookies. Tell me if I've, like, made a... Thank you. Thanks. Come bless the lamb. Come on. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks for your grace and your mercy, and I need a doctor, so if anyone has a, you know recommendations. I'm right here after service. So um, I realized, though, that as many cookies as you're eating, and no lie, I made a covenant with God yesterday, and I was like, God, I am not going to eat any more cookies until the end of the month, and then we're going to repro- like we're going to analyze this and see if it's actually a good life choice, because if not, I'm going to eat them again. Um, so, so I'm like, you, you, I can run to the cookie aisle and get cookies, before I even anticipate the flavor that I'm, like when I go to Jenny's, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to get this and this. Now I'm, like, I'm anticipating and I'm already having delight. My digestive system is going. Everything's going to be awesome. And then finally I get there and while I'm eating either the ice cream, the cookie, the donut, the whatever muffin, doesn't matter, cinnamon roll, bless them. <laughs> Once I'm eating it, I'm like, this is awesome. This is beautiful. I love this. I experienced God eating these things. And the moment I finished it, it's like, what did I just do? What did I do? The things in life that actually matter and that ultimately uh, would probably gonna, are going to get you to grow are going to be the things that you don't want to do. You drag your feet. You're not even excited about getting there. And once you're doing the very thing that you need to be doing, it's like, oh, why am I doing this? Or even like, get me out of here. It's hell. But once you're done with doing the things that you need to do, satisfaction kicks in. And it's like, oh, that was, I'm so glad I did this. This this is particularly true with a gym, okay? What you see here is a byproduct of daily (laughs) devotion to the, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't gone to the gym in like no lie about nine months. Bless him. Um, So... You know, in the gym, you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm dreading to go. And you're like dragging your feet. And, and when you get there, you're doing like, you know, your squats or you're doing your, you know, I don't even know the names of these things, to be honest. That's how well versed I am in all things gym. Don't judge me. I'm judging you though. Um, so I'm like doing this thing. And in the meantime, my muscles are cramping. It's like muscle failure. How far do you go? Are you supposed to go only go to 3.5 on the treadmill? Because anything higher than that is like actually making you sweat. Um, whatever, you know, like you're, you're struggling to maybe do this thing during the time you're in your workout in your gym. And then after you finish the gym, anybody know that feeling? You're like, oh my, whew, let's do this thing. Let's climb Everest. Let's, I'm going to run a marathon next month. I'm going to do this. You get all filled with faith and you're like, yes. The byproduct of doing something that you're supposed to do and going through all that 
it's going to create something in you that's going to actually be extremely healthy for you. And that's how you know that what you're doing is actually healthy and good for you, and even God intended to a degree. So the message today is, is titled, Give It All to Have It All. What you want in life is actually realized by doing what you really don't want to do when you don't want to do it. The most prized, the most valuable things in your life, you're going to not want to do. You're going to not want to do it. And it's going to be sucky all the way through from the beginning all the way until you finish that last thing. And once you cross that threshold, it's like, that was the best thing ever that ever happened to me. Ever. The way I like to put it is, excuse me, the way I like to put it is God signs you up for, sorry, I ate a cookie back there. Um, <laughs> this is real. I actually ate a, a bagel, cinnamon crunch, bless him. Uh, <laughs> I had the option of doing the Asiago or like a cheesy one, but that's not sweet, folks, so why would you ever choose anything that isn't sweet? Anyway, as you see, I'm beginning to unravel before you in vulnerability. Um, so the way I like to put it is that Jesus puts you through, or God puts you through a, the Holy Spirit puts you through, might as well name all three. Um, he puts you through his own gym training. And you don't even have a say when you go through it or not. It's like, you know, I don't want to do the bicep workout. It's like, so, so who cares? I, you're right there already. And in the meantime, in seasons of your life, you're like doing the very thing you don't want to do or, you know, illustratively, you're pushing something up and you feel like you're bearing down. You feel like muscle failure is happening. But at the end of that workout or at the end of that season that God has you in and within his own training program, you will come out a significantly better person, much more successful. That's the way I like to put it. God is a personal trainer that no one even asked for, really. But he cares for you that much that he wants to get you better. And like I mentioned, I think a month ago or so, and God cares significantly more about the process than the destination. He really does. The theme of today's message is service. When you give it all, you're going to get it all back. Now, service to me with the example of the gym, service is when you're servicing your own body, right? That, that's the illustration I'm, I'm trying to, to communicate here. Service to your body, working out, training, is uncomfortable. Significantly uncomfortable. Sometimes it's so uncomfortable you don't even want to face it. Everybody wants to grow. For example, I went to, I had, when I was going to the gym, I would tell my personal trainer, hey, listen, um, he, he, the first thing personal trainers ask you is, what are your goals? If you're a personal trainer or you've done personal training, you know this is true. And they ask you, hey, what are your goals? And I'm just like, I just want to look like the guys on, you know, the Abercrombie billboards. That's all I want. And he looks at me, he's like, whoa. And I'm like, excuse me? Just kidding, that never happened. But, like, when they, when they ask you, they're like, what are your goals? And they're like, I'm like, I just, I just want to look good. That, that, that's, that's what I want right? And so consistently in my brain, I still want to look good, but at the time I want sweets more, right? Everyone wants to look good. I'm not, I'm specifically talking about, you know, physical body, but 
everyone wants to do good. Everyone wants to be good. Everyone wants to be influential. Everyone wants to be someone. But a lot of people sometimes don't count the cost of what it takes to become the very person that you want to be. So the reason service is to your body or service to anything is so hard to do is because sometimes it's so uncomfortable you don't even begin. On the other side of our discomfort is our growth, however. My generation is, um, I love my generation. People who are anywhere between the ages of, I mean, I don't even know what our generation looks like, but like, I guess the early 20s to the 30s, the dec- I guess that's a generation. We're going to go with the decade. Because I feel like there is a genuine desire, or even like the younger folks as well, there's a genuine desire to want to accomplish something great. There is like, there's something in them that, are, that is them, us. There's something in us that, I'm not, and again, I'm not isolating any other generation, but there's something I want to point out. There's something in this generation that genuinely longs to make an impact on our planet. There's something that like, oh man, I just, I'm going to be significant. I know it. Or, or even in this uh, Christian context, people who have prophetic words or things that they can, they've, they've seen that they can accomplish through someone else's encouragement or, or however, and they're like, I'm going to accomplish that. And they have this genuine desire to get better and to consistently influence. I want to influence the influential. I've heard that so many times. I, do, I want to do it myself. We want to do that, but we don't know what cost it's going to actually take. We think that, you know, we're going to get something started today and boom, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be viral. We're in the age of viral things. It's like one click and it's like four million views and you're in. YouTube stars now, they like make an obscene amount of money for opening like a toy. My, my little nephew watches, you know, he could be watching cartoons, but his thing is looking at YouTube channels that review toys for toddlers. How? That is so crazy to me. Like, that's so wild. But like, what I'm saying is that we live in an age where everything happens so instantly. And so people with dreams, people with things that they want to accomplish are like, I want to do all this stuff. And I want it to get viral. And I want it to be explosive. And I want it to be now. But unfortunately... The end suddenly is in the Bible. The, one, the moments that was like, boom, and then God did this. It usually took 10 years of prayer, 10 years of service, steadfast, faithful work. I'm here to tell you that what you want to accomplish on the other end of the better version of you is service. It's service. It's going to be uncomfortable, but I tell you what, it's, it's so incredibly worth it. We have to get past the discomfort at times. And sometimes this discomfort doesn't last a workout. Or sometimes this workout lasts years. We need to get used to serving. One other thing is that growth is a byproduct of service. A natural byproduct. There's no thing. One friend asked me, he's like, man, I just don't know what church to go to. I don't know where to serve. Like, I just, I'm like, that's cool, man. Like, honestly, you can serve any church and you're still going to grow. I mean, part of it is due to the message. Part of it is due to worship, the environment. I get that. There's part of that. But also, 
growth comes at the cost of you giving your life for other people. So service is cool. I mean, you know, the, whatever church you go to, that's awesome. But it's going to come when you give your life to something. You want to grow personal development? <laughs> Listen, spread yourself and allow yourself to give to other people. Service usually means sacrifice. Do something. Sorry, you do something you don't want to do at the time you don't want to do it. And service usually gives you no benefits immediately, but has long-term benefits. How many of y'all have been to the guys, especially gentlemen? You've been to the gym, you've worked out your bicep, and you're like immediately looking at the gym. You're like, yeah. I'm that guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm the guy who... uh, who works out and begins to flex everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter. I've just flexed on you. What's up? Hey, that's me. That's what I do. Sorry, I don't apologize for it. Except I just did. So that's, life is a paradox, folks. Don't be mad. My goal is to just make you laugh this morning. That's really my goal. Because we're all weeping inside because Lyle's not here. So... All right, back to the message. Thanks, God. Don't come, come back, please. Uh, service at times doesn't seem to fulfill its purpose until you look back after the years. That's right. I, don't, I don't see my results. It's taken forever. And you look back at like, you know, I'm going to keep looking back at the gym workout thing, but, you know, Six months ago, you begin to see the edges and the curves in your body begin to come out and more, you know, formed. And you, maybe you have a little bit more bulk or whatever it looks like. But transformation happens over time. So fret not. The season that you're in will yield its results. Okay? Service needs no prerequisites. But the kingdom will cost you absolutely everything. Sorry, service needs no prerequisites. It needs your entire life. Salvation was free. Coming into this family is absolutely free. I had to do absolutely nothing. Besides say, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. But everything from this point on is yours for the taking. You have a full table in front of you. But it will cost you absolutely everything to access that. You can stay comfortable in your Christianity, and if you wanted to, you can remain wherever you are, wherever you feel like you can be comfortable in. But you won't grow from that point. You've just created a ceiling for yourself. And ultimately, the person that you want to become is on the other side of that ceiling, right? You weren't meant to not move forward. It's the reason there is no armor on your back when it's explained in the books of Paul and the epistles. There's the armor of God. The armor of God covers you. There's chest plate. There's a belt. There's shoes. And you have the whole coverage going on, even the helmet. But you have, hardly have anything on your back. And it's the reason for that. It's because I feel that like we're always meant to move forward. There's people in here who might feel stuck. Either seasons of improductivity or non- non-productivity. I'm going to go with that word because I'm going to, I feel like that's the right one. If not, you can correct me later. Um, there's, time, there's moments sometimes where we feel like we're not moving forward. We're not advancing something. We've hit a wall somehow. And we're not seeing the fruit of what we do. Or sometimes we've just given up and we've just kind of had that, I'm stuck. I need a prophetic word to get me out of here. Or I need someone to encourage me. Or I need, just to, I need to come back to church. Or whatever that looks like. 
And as much as encouraging words and prayer works, what you really need, if I can be so bold, is you need to serve. If you're feeling stuck in your Christian life or you're feeling stuck in life in general, let me propose to you that you're looking a little bit too close to yourself. You're looking in the mirror. Dissatisfaction is, an, is evidence for me of someone who's lived their life a little bit selflessly or selfishly in, this, in the particular season. Are you feeling stuck? Church, is there ever a season in your life where you're like, I can't get out of this thing? Guaranteed you, if you decide to plug in, not to church necessarily, but to just to plug in and give yourself in service of something or of someone, then you will feel better. Serving people is the key to your breakthrough, I think. In whatever area that is, well, I'm talented in the arts. Well, go paint. Do something. Sir, like, begin to paint things and, and, and maybe give them away or, or, or sell them or whatever it looks like. Or, or The reason I say give them away, and I know maybe some of you are like, Ugh, if I'm an artist, I don't want to give things away. And I get that. I honestly do. I believe that. But there is something really special when you give something to someone or you give of something of yours that cost you something but is, are you expecting nothing in return? So much growth. And as a matter of fact, evidence of maturity in Christianity, I believe in just a good life, is when you give something not expecting anything. David said this, far be it for me to give anything to God that didn't cost me anything. I want to be of service somehow. Our example of service is Jesus. Jesus had the craziest transformation plan for the entire planet. He was going to revolutionize how we related to the number one thing, and that's God, His Father, Himself, the Holy Spirit. He said, None of these people. Humanity isn't getting close to even becoming one with us. The goal of Jesus was to reconcile a broken humanity back to a perfect God. And for that to happen, there needed to be holiness and sanctification. He needed to make you pure. And then we couldn't do it on our own. And so this whole plan to get us connected back to God required so much work and I will guarantee to you it would have been significantly easier if he had gone according to the plan of even the disciples and all the Jews expecting him to break through the doors of the Roman Empire and say here I am I am the son of God and then begin to like heal people left and right where everyone is seeing him how many times did Jesus heal people were like shh don't tell anyone my time has not yet come and this is not the way I'm going to present myself to the planet if I was God, I'd be like, you know, I'd send tons of prophets, to, you know, that are going to tell of my coming. But I'd make it broad. There's something coming. And he's going to be born in Bethlehem on November 7th of 1991. That's what, you, you know, whatever. I'm just, relate with me for a second. 
He's going to be born at the time and at this place, and there's going to be a star in the sky, and the world will see. In the words of Drake, Jesus started from the bottom, and now he's... I don't like Jake, Drake either. I'm not going to lie. It's okay. She's like, no, I don't like Drake. Brian is amazing, by the way. The Holy Spirit's coming back in the room, so it's, it's good. <laughs> Jesus could have done it so much different. I'm here. This big plan that I have in my life, I'm not even sure if it's going to work. He had to trust his father for that plan, by the way. I'll get to that in a second. But he had to start from the bottom. He was born in a manger, a feeding trough for animals in a barn. Anybody know how a barn barn smells like? Suited for a king, you think? He began his ministry as a kid. He, he, He was from raised in Nazareth that he was in exile and a refugee in Egypt and he came back and he learned to live life like anyone else. No broad statements, no, uh, uh, you know, completely obvious things that would make him God. Right now we look at it and we read the Bible and we're like, of course it was Jesus. But then he wouldn't make any sense. He's some crazy man who got baptized by another crazy man who started doing a bunch of miracles, maybe in the name of the devil himself. This man was revolutionizing absolutely everything from the inside. And sometimes he saw no results. The craziest thing about God is that he died. And you know how to love is to be vulnerable, correct? So when you love, you essentially extend your love and extend yourself in vulnerability to another person. And that that other person has the ability to hurt you by rejecting you. Now multiply that by all of humanity. And this is the cost Jesus paid for. He knew that sacrifice had to cost him absolutely everything. And sometimes that cost means nothing in return. But Jesus had a plan. And the better version of all humanity came at the cost of his service. There's plans in in this room. There is God deposits in this room. There are things that God has placed in your heart to accomplish that are going to come at the cost of service to other people. God has a plan and a purpose for each of your lives, and I guarantee to you, it's glorious. But unless we choose to give it up, unless we choose to give it all away, then we're not going to get it back, and you're not going to succeed. Christian life for me is nothing but service. It's all about surrender. And I'm not, again, I disclaimer this, and I might have said this already. I'm not sure because there was two services, but I'm not, I'm not having sign-up sheets for serving at church. Like, I, I, that's not the goal, and that's not the purpose. This is not a call to volunteership. 
This is a call to a lifestyle of service inside or outside church, mainly outside. Legacy Church, whether it's your first time, your second time, or this is home and you've been here longer than I have, which are a lot of you. We are called to change the world. We can't settle for anything less than that. We're all life changers. And I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor and you're supposed to say encouraging things. You're like, okay, sure. But I'm actually saying it because I do believe that God has deposited things in your life. But the only way to get there, the full display of the expression of humanity and of all of everyone who is in here is at the cost of discomfort. It's at the cost of giving everything up. Uh, or giving everything up. It's at the cost of sacrifice and service like Jesus. I'm going to close with this. Some of you have said, well, Asif, I've, I've served already. Like, I've, I have been giving my life to serve, and, and it's been years of this. Whether inside church, outside church, I've given, given finances away. I've served so much. And to you, and I know it's a lot of you in here, I say there is no thing, there is no investment into people that will ever go unpaid for in this generation or the next. There's things that people in this room have sowed with their lives, with their resources that might not see the fruit of what you've done, but guarantee to you, when we're all up there partying or when we're all looking back on our lives, when we can look back at other generations that came after us, we'll be able to see the fruit of what we deposited in other people. Now, it doesn't matter if you served or had a badge at church. I'm talking about just in general, a lifestyle of sacrifice and service. There's no thing that goes unrewarded. Nothing. Everything is rewarded. Jesus sees everything. He said, whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. And guaranteed, if you do it to him, he's going to pay you back far more than you ever gave him. He said, no one that leaves family, brothers, sisters, wife, doesn't matter what you leave or what you put on the table, whatever it is, I'm going to give it back to you more and abundantly than you've ever thought you can get received, that you can ever receive. is faithful. Yes. So faithful. He is the giver of good gifts. And so the people who have given their resources, who have given their time, their money, their efforts, their strength, and who maybe haven't seen anything yielded back to you, I'm here to tell you something. You will see the reward for your seed. And two, keep giving. If you don't reward it, the generation that comes after you will. And that is the nature of service.
pour into something you don't even know when you're going to get it back. But that's okay. Because the generations that come after you will be thankful. I'm so glad, personally thankful, that my life doesn't end in a hundred years that I plan on living. Just kidding, I do not want to live past like, a hundred is actually pretty good. I want to give my life in service to other people for the rest of my life. It's the most rewarding and beautiful thing ever. For those that don't, you don't think you have enough to give, I'll guarantee to you, God built a well in your soul. I'm going to do it again. Mark 8. Calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. What that means is continue serving, although sometimes it takes a lot from you. Follow me and I'll show you how self-help is no help at all, but self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self, want to know the path to freedom? For me, it's giving everything away. It's using your choices and using everything you have at your disposal to actually serve something greater than yourself. What, what, what good would it do if you get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What would you ever trade your soul for? God cares about the soul. God cares about you as individuals. And the pathway to do that is the way of Christ. Service. Amen. Why don't I go ahead and stand? I want you to close your eyes for a second. I feel like there's some people in here that maybe feel something in their heart, feel something in their chest, and I just kind of want you to pay attention to that because that's usually God. I just kind of want you to listen to that voice, listen to that thing. And just respond to it however you know how. Maybe just pay attention to it. Maybe just put your hand on your chest. outside the church, you know, in the most simple ways that I feel like, again, we will get paid back tenfold, but even buying groceries for someone that you see, that you're in line in front of at Starbucks, buy their coffee, things that you think are small in your eyes, but they're huge to that person. I mean, there's people in here, I know that's happened to you. Someone has paid for your coffee or your groceries, and you'll remember that for the rest of your life. 
So, amen. Thank you, Asaph. Can we all say thank you? Round of applause for Asaph. Thank you for listening to the Lord. I love it. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come forward. We have a ministry team here for you today to serve you. If you've never invited Jesus into your life and into your heart, I invite you when we're done to come forward, pray with these people. You won't regret it, promise. Uh, I have a few announcements for you, just to remember and mark your calendars. January 28th is We Are Nashville. If you want details about that, you can visit the Connect table in the lobby. On January 29th, we have baby dedications. Yeah! If you are interested in dedicating your young ones, we want you to email hello at legacynashville.org. And we will get you all hooked up. And then next week, you guys, you do not want to miss Hunter Thompson from Bethel Music is here, leading both services for us in worship. Super excited about that. Who has ever heard Hunter before? Yeah, he's great, guys. Um, so I just want to bless you for this week. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you um, want to get involved in, if you want to serve here, we would love it. We want you to feel free to connect with us at the Connect Table afterwards. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Yes, if you, dinner party training is downstairs right after this, if you're signed up to be a dinner party leader. All right, perfect. Thanks, guys.